God has worked mighty things through us for so long, since 1812. We have helped establish other Presbyterian congregations. We have built six different sanctuaries in our city. We have created mission partnerships locally and abroad. We have sent children of this congregation to seminary, and we have educated so many preschoolers here on our property. We have supported the work of the Presbytery of the James, the Presbyterian School of Christian Education, Union Presbyterian Seminary, the Presbyterian Church USA, and many of us were volunteers when the General Assembly came to town in 2004. We give our offering every first Sunday to transformative ministries around Richmond. Our church celebrated 200 years of mission and ministry in 2012. Why do things seem so, well, uneasy right now? What does the future hold for our beloved congregation? We just stood and read 16 verses from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Mentioned the great Presbyterian ecumenist Randy Taylor, a graduate of Union Seminary, I might add, always had the congregations he served or to whom he was preaching stand and read the book of Ephesians together, for he said it was the greatest statement of faith the church could make. To stand boldly and profess what we believe through the words of ancient scripture helps us to bridge the gap between where we have been and where we are going as the body of Christ here at 4602 Cary Street Road. Our church, much like the Christians in Ephesus who first heard Paul's letter read to them so many centuries ago, stand in between where they have been and where they are going to. The Christians in Ephesus were bound in many ways by this transitional reality. Ephesus at the time of Paul's letter was a center of commerce. Many merchant ships had to pass by or through Ephesus on their way into the Mediterranean from places like modern-day India. Ephesians were inevitably connected to the passing trade because culture inevitably passed through with the commerce. People from all over made a stopover in Ephesus, and their culture, their morals, and even their church life showed the effects of it. The Christians there were somewhat divided into two groups. The Gentiles, who were not Jewish, and those who were Jewish and believed in the necessity of circumcision. Paul exhorts throughout the epistles he wrote, or those attributed to him, that the church must be unified and galvanized for mission and ministry if it is to survive into the eschaton, which is the Greek word for the end of days. The church must be the bridge between the Jewish past and God's exciting future in Jesus Christ, Paul would argue. Circumcision is not necessary. The only thing that is necessary is belief in the resurrection of Jesus. Paul is attempting to bridge the gap between culture, morals, and ecclesiology, that is the theology of the church, in order to galvanize and unify the church for mission and for ministry. Friends, we sit in the midst of a similar transitional space in this moment of our history. After all, the church is God's. 
In the verses we just read together, we affirmed that because the church is God's, it is not ours. God has called together, called us together, for just this time, for just this season in our church's story. Paul lifts up several callings that are incredibly evident in our church's life and ministry, preaching, teaching, evangelism. But what are the other callings that we claim within our family that equip us for the work of ministry? I offer to you this morning that every single person sitting in this sanctuary or watching on Facebook carries a holy call that helps equip First Presbyterian Church for ministry in this transitional time. First-time guests who remind our longest-term members about the excitement of joining a church family. New members who are finding their niche as they dig into life and ministry. Little children who might not be completely silent during worship and remind us of the joy of the Spirit. Youth who ask amazing and thoughtful questions as they grow in their faith. Families who share their lives with all of us as we fulfill baptismal promises. Empty nesters as they give their time and talent to varied ministries and acts of mercy in their new season of life. Senior adults who share their wisdom and grace with everyone. Staff members who empty out their expertise and passion upon the congregation and community. And elected leaders who give of themselves more than they receive from others. Friends, we are all called to this and more by grace, and we do it well. Hear this. We are doing well because, after all, the church is God's. And even though the church is God's, that is not to say that the work of ministry and life together is not hard. Our church family has such a rich history of transformative ministry. The gift of our Presbyterian polity, that is the way we live our life together, gives to us the idea of parity. We believe that because God gifted humanity, the church, through Jesus Christ, we respond to that gift with faithful work in a variety of ways. Because of this, we understand what we call call or vocation. Pastors, staff members, and congregation members work together God's work through individual churches like us, mid-councils, presbyteries, and synods, and the general assembly. We do it together. One is not a check on the other because God gave us all the gifts and tools, the calling to carry on God in Christ's work of justice, reconciliation, and love for all time. This makes us unique and is one of the foundational ways that differentiate us from our siblings in the Episcopal, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, and non-denominational churches. Because we believe the church is God's, we are free to do nimble, creative work together in intentional ways that honor the diversity of people, the diversity of gifts within our siblings in Christ, and the diverse ways God knits us together to do God's work. The success or effectiveness of our life and ministry does not hinge on a single person. It is enhanced and challenged by prophetic and faithful leadership by the plurality of those God has put here in this particular season for the particular things God needs us to do. After all, you are the church. So what can you do? The church is God's and we are the church.
And you were called with particular gifts to particular ministries here at FPC to help God do God's work in the world. So it is often foreboding to consider how to step into a life of faith, fellowship, and service with others. All throughout the scriptures, we hear stories of people who would much rather go at it alone than go at it with their friends. And yet God does what God does so often, which is love us beyond our wildest expectation, and often communicates that love through other people. And the biblical characters see that faith is meant to be explored and lived out with one another. Do you know that uh, many church demographers no longer use membership roles to determine how many people are part of churches? Beyond the reality that many churches do not keep true membership lists, these scholars have determined that the more appropriate way to count those within the life and ministry of churches is by counting touches. A touch is anyone the church touches or touches it in any given week. Think about all the touches FPC makes throughout the week. Worship, Sunday school, youth ministry, children's ministry, the preschool, George Mason Elementary, Open University, AA and Al-Anon, our clean water systems in Haiti and Nicaragua. uh, The list could go on. My rough estimation is that our church touches well over 1,000 people beyond those on our traditional membership roster every week here in Richmond and around the world. And each one of those people are the church. Some of these siblings even call FPC their church home, even though they've never signed one of our fabled friendship pads. After all, you are the church. To put it in more common parlance, particularly for me, y'all are the church. All y'all, that's plural you, that is all of us, And it encompasses everyone, and I believe that God is pretty serious about including everyone, lest we remember that Christ's final words in the Gospel of Matthew were to make disciples of all nations, or the times Jesus healed those with whom he was not even supposed to associate. Because after all, we, y'all, are the church together. We have experienced so much change in these past two years. My presence in this pulpit this morning is part of that change. I cannot imagine what it must feel like for those of you who have been through the highs and lows of our church, living in transitional space on top of this cultural and political milieu that we have experienced since all this change began. But we trust, as the song we will hear the praise band sing in just a few minutes reminds us, that God is indeed a lighthouse. God shines in the darkness, and we will follow that beacon of hope. We trust the promises made in the scriptures, and God carries us safe to shore, as the song tells us. The band Rend Collective wrote this song to be sung in worship. Rend Collective is a band that formed in Northern Ireland. They are all Christians and call themselves a Christian band, They sing worship music and even lead worship at churches when they tour. These words, shining in the darkness, I will follow you, my lighthouse. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. It gives me hope, but also humbles me when I consider that the writers of this hope-filled song are from Northern Ireland. 
a land wrought with such great hostility, distrust, and, well, unease for so long. Indeed, God is a lighthouse, and we look to the God we know in Jesus Christ, the perfecter of our faith, to lead us to a new shore that will definitely look different than those shores we know from our past individually and as First Presbyterian Church, but it is a shore nonetheless, and God will be there too, just as God has been with us since the beginning of time and will continue to be until Jesus comes again. We understand this in a new way each time we come to the table. The table is the place our faith finds its compass again. My friend Deborah Block, she wrote that faith happens around tables. When we are old enough, we come to this table. As children of God, we eat at the Lord's table with proper table manners, couched in the language of grace. Eat with your heart open. Say praise and thank you. God works at the table. We meet God at this table. We commit and commune. We accept God's gracious offer, seal the covenant, lift the cup to celebrate our faith. Deborah so beautifully encapsulates what we do when we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We dine together as friends and as God's friend, trusting the promises God has kept with us for so long and knowing through the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup that God has got us even still when the darkness seems to be a bit darker. As we celebrate this ancient meal today, we will have a member of our church's prayer team available for prayer by the baptismal font to your right. Reverend Marianne Collins-Stoffer is prepared to pray with you after you take communion, or you can feel free to come straight to her if you choose not to partake. Several others and she meet here at the church every Wednesday to pray for one hour. They pray for those in our church, every single member and person who is touched by our church or touches our church. They also pray for the city, our nation, and our world. In communion, we, see, we, we, in communion, we receive food for the journey through the loving presence of Jesus Christ. And in prayer, we commit to God who we are and what we need, for God can do abundantly more than each of us. Friends, being the church is hard. However, because of Jesus Christ, through whom we are entrusted this odd and wondrous place, we know that we will carry on to new shores and new horizons that will test us, it will challenge us, it will affirm us, and it will show the whole world God's love every day until God comes again. Because after all, we are the church. And because the church is God's, all y'all, all of us, are the church because we are the church together. In the name of God the Creator, Jesus Christ the Redeemer, in the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer and our Lighthouse. Amen. Amen.